whatever you decide to do, however you decide to make this side income, having an audience is relevant for whichever method you choose. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about something that a listener has asked us, and that is about passive income streams for designers. Uh, let me just read out this note that we got from Elijah. It says, I was wondering if you guys could maybe talk about passive income streams for designers. I understand we're a service-based industry, but it would be nice to have some sort of platform where we can earn some monies without exchanging our time for it. Really interested to hear your thoughts. So... I thought it'd be good to talk about today because we both have some thoughts on what passive income actually is. And I also have like a very wide range of income streams. And so I'd be like excited to share some different things that I currently earn money from, but also some like ideas I have for the future as well. So should be a good episode. Oh, first though, fam, how's life? How are you going? We were just hanging out like last week, which is awesome. But now you're back in Amsterdam, I'm back in London, we're back to our like regular lives. Yes, regular lives, although uh, it doesn't feel so regular. I have a lot going on at the moment and, you know, I thought that maybe I would be responsible and try and cut down my travel while I have some personal stuff going on, but nope. Nope, that just doesn't seem to happen, even though I try. Uh, next week, I'm going to Hamburg for, there's a festival slash conference on called Forward Festival. Oh, cool. Which, yeah, it's it's a two-day conference, uh, like creative arts digital style conference. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then after that, I'm flying to Brazil out of all places for a work research trip, which I'm very excited for. Uh, but yeah, I like come back from Hamburg and then the next day fly to Brazil. And then I'm going to Stockholm the week after I get back from Brazil. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just coming up to a busy time and, you know, it's summer and it's hot and yeah, feeling a little bit stressed with what I know is to come, but also trying to plan and structure my life into like mini projects which I think we've talked about on the show before I think you've shared a lot about that about how you like turn things into kind of projects or like little tasks so I'm trying to figure out how to do that so that I can sort of calm the nerves while uh, busy stuff comes up yeah I mean I I feel the same way about travel as well and it it feels it's kind of mind-blowing to me that I just remember early in my design career, I was like, man, you know, I love doing design, but I hate them in a career where I don't really need to travel for work. <laughs> I saw like other people in the company needing to go visit other offices or like visit customers and things. And I was like, and it sounds so cool and exciting. I know, like someone else is paying for your travel. How cool is that? And I mean, we've got to be honest, it is pretty damn cool that you get to see the world without paying for it. It is cool. But yeah, the realities of work travel... <laughs> are very different to what I imagined. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's not a vacation. And I think that's what you have to remember is, yeah, it sounds so great doing all this travel and things. And it is, but it's also very exhausting, very time consuming, and also makes it difficult sometimes to keep up with your life at home. You know, like I still have bills to pay. I have a pet to take care of. Uh, and it can be also really hard to schedule things that you want to do if you don't know when you're going to be around, right? Exactly. That can be really hard as well. So sometimes you miss out on stuff. 
yeah so yeah it's not all it's cracked up to be maybe but <laughs> obviously though we appreciate the very still very grateful still very grateful tell us about you how are things going on your end things are also very busy and stressful on my end with a lot of recent travel um, and more coming up as well I'm just, yeah, trying to take it one day at a time, basically, and end every day feeling like I've moved forward at least a little bit on everything that I need to be doing. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to think about, but, um, like, trying to struggle my way through it. Sleep has not been great, and I just feel like I'm in a, I'm in one of those seasons where you're like, all right, it's crunch time, it's hustle time, we're going to do it, and then we're not going to plan anything for, like, the month of September. And we can sleep during September. <laughs> that is my plan. <laughs> Catch up on all the sleep you miss. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is like, I don't like that because I know that it's definitely having a negative impact on all of my health, you know, um, and I want to work on that some more. But I don't know. I found myself in this situation. You, you just got to like push through it, you know, and, and get it done. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in August how everything's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you track your sleep at all? Are you one of those people? I don't because it stresses me out more. <laughs> For me to have an ideal sleep, I need to not worry about sleep. I need to not worry about even waking up at a certain time, basically. That's why we had to stop recording so early in the morning. For everyone who didn't know, we used to record at 6.30 a.m. my time, and I, I would be fine to wake up and work that early, but... I just got to a stage where I found just the thought of like the night before being like, okay, I've got to go to sleep by this time because then I'm not going to get enough sleep in order to wake up early. And, you know, yeah. So just like, let's put no pressure on sleep, you know, and just see how we go is my current approach. <laughs> that sounds like a good approach. But yeah, I'm curious to hear in a couple months how it's going for you. Yes. And likewise, shall we get into today's topic though? Mm-hmm. Passive income. What? first comes to your mind when I say that um money that you earn without doing anything actively right and um is that really possible I don't know is is my own response to that question I guess to me if I hmm, like an example that would come to my mind is like writing a book and then selling your book and the income from your book being quote-unquote passive income whether that's the true definition or not, I don't know. But that's kind of an example I think of where like you create a thing, you put it out there and it gets sold. Money comes in without you like actively uh, exchanging time for money, if that makes sense. That does make sense. But I think that a book is a very wrong example because you are basically putting in the time for that up front, right? You're doing it with no pay. You're putting in all these hours, all this work, and then the pay comes later. Well, is there any example where, that, where you don't have to do that? To get the passive income? I would say that affiliate income is an example of passive income. Okay. Or maybe something that you do and then do for one reason and then like you're able to monetize it in another way. Like I think of AdSense revenue on the videos that I still have ads on. I'm not doing anything with those. I didn't make them for the money. Whereas if you write a book, you're hoping to sell it, right? Okay. Ideally. Um, so I would say those things are more passive income. But yes, I... Totally get your point that it's a thing where you can, maybe we need to talk about doing something once and then having the maximum like returns, <laughs> impact and income from it. Yes, returns. That's a good word. Yeah. Do you have any examples of what you would consider passive income yourself? Yes. I would say that affiliate income has been definitely a source of, of passive income for me because often that just means sharing a link to something or say for example i'm talking about using a service like treehouse right the online code school in a video i can link to treehouse in the 
description box, which I'd probably do anyway to make it helpful for people to find the resource that I'm talking about, right? But um, if they click on my link to get to it, I earn a small commission. So I think affiliate income is the ideal of passive income. Nice. Last year, well, I'm talking about the 2017-2018 tax year. I did this income report on my blog that we'll link to in the show notes where I showed all my income. And I basically showed like how much of my total income was from my full-time job, which was 83%. And then 17% came from side hustles, like stuff I was doing on the side to earn little bits of money here and there. Affiliate links were 15% of my side income. I think that math is correct. Maybe not, but it was, it was, it was quite a small chunk last year. And I think it will have definitely grown this year because I've been um, getting involved with some more programs and things, which has been fun. So yeah. I'm excited to work on that. Um, I think earning side income is pretty cool as a designer. And I loved that Elijah messaged us about this because I mean, they're right. Like we do exchange our time for money and most people who have a full-time job, that's what you're doing. You're exchanging your time on your job for money, no matter what industry you're in. But I love having something on the side. I love that my whole income and all of my bills don't have to be like, don't rely on my day job that I've got this extra source coming in. It feels like a safety net for me. And it also feels like an opportunity of growth for me as well. Like I can do things and experiment with some different ways that I could earn money on the side. What is your relationship with that like? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I have any passive modes of, of side income. I do have a little bit of side income, but I wouldn't consider them passive because often I have to actually do the work to to get the money. Yeah. What are some examples of that? What are some things you do on the side for income? So maybe like speaking at a conference, for example, you know, that's, you know, I get paid in sort of like one go for that in exchange for my time. I've written some articles before, you know, for magazines or online blogs, Uh, the Design Life community, you know, that's another place that I get side income from, but I wouldn't consider it passive because I'm very, you know, actively, you know, involved in, yeah, yeah, (laughs) actively working on making sure that that community is a success. Those are probably the main ones. I mean, in the past, I've also done freelancing, uh, which is super nice side income, uh, but yeah, definitely not passive. Like I really see passive income as something that goes on for for a a longer period of time, right? It's not like you just get paid once for something. It's like small little trickles of money coming in over, over a prolonged period of time. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. Affiliates is something that I have tried a little bit in the past, but not with huge success. It's something that I am aware of. And I know some people actually, you know, find a lot of success in doing that. And I'd like to figure out how I could do more of that, especially with my YouTube channel, but still kind of trying to figure out how to kind of make that work. So yeah, that's kind of where I am in terms of my side income. But yeah, nothing that I would really consider passive income. Okay. Should we talk a bit more about affiliate links? Because I do think that this is a great way for designers in particular to earn side income because we are always talking already about tools and, you know, stuff that we use. Totally. All the time. I think that a precursor though to having a passive income, honestly, like for any sort of method of earning income that I can think of is building an audience, building an audience, maybe of other, the design of other designers of like a certain niche or whatever. I think that that's what people should focus on before they focus on having a passive income, right? Like maybe when you tried affiliate stuff in the past, 
you didn't have as large of an audience. So of course there wasn't as many people to click on links right. and like needing to buy the things that you were talking about. It's like, it's a numbers game, right? I have an audience of, you know, over 130,000 people on YouTube and yet affiliate income is still like a very, very, very small chunk, small chunk of my side income even. So yeah, you need big numbers. Yeah, you gotta have that mass to reach. You do. Yep, you need big mass, but you also, I would say, maybe it's not mass, maybe it's about the right people being in your audience. I sent out an email to, man, I wish I could remember the numbers off the top of my head, but okay, here's the story. Ryan Segal, we love him. You know, he's been a friend of ours for a while. He is a designer and I would say a Webflow expert. He made a Webflow masterclass. And when he created his course, he reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in being an affiliate for it. And I was like, great, yes, that'd be amazing. How generous of you. Probably would have like tweeted a link to your course anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but now that he is making me affiliate and I can earn like 30% of each sale, yeah. each sale, yeah, each time someone buys his course, which I believe is a good course because he's a great teacher, has a lot of knowledge. So it's something I can get behind and support, you know. I thought, all right, well, if I'm an affiliate, why don't I send out an email to my list about it? You know, this whole email marketing thing that I don't do very often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. <laughs> um, so I sent out an email about Ryan's course, just basically being like, hey, if you want to upskill and you want to like increase your skills as a designer, as a freelancer and be able to offer the full service, here is a great course. I can recommend this guy. You know, I put my personal like backing behind him and I feel like I earned a couple hundred dollars just from sending an email out to maybe 5,000 people, something like that. It was the chunk of the list I sent it to. Wow, that's nice. So yeah, that was really cool because it felt like, all right, that wasn't, I mean, it was still time for money. I spent the time to write the email, but the return was very big for the amount of time that I put in. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is super important is especially if you have already a full-time job you know like you and I do yes is finding those opportunities that you know you can get a sort of big win for for minimal effort in a way and like affiliate I think is a great example of that because you know it's not too much effort I mean depending on how involved you want to be and the effort that you want to put in but for you you know sending an email I assume didn't take you longer than an hour maybe of your time right to get a couple hundred dollars, it's great. Yeah, like that's awesome. Um, you know, I guess like another thing you could have done is made a video that would have taken you a lot longer. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten as much return. So yeah, I think it's be being smart, I guess, about how you can find those opportunities to sort of, I guess, maximize your potential side, side income. Videos is an interesting one too, though. I have a story about affiliate income and videos. So I have this video about screen printing, which is my most popular video. It's a, a tutorial, like going through my whole- It's still your most popular one? By wow. far, it has way over a million views by now. Wow. And it's how a lot of people find my channel and then get very disappointed that I don't talk about screen printing anymore. That you're not a like, full-time screen yeah, printer. Exactly. <laughs> but I do think it is a good video. It talks you through the process, shows you how you can do it by yourself without professional equipment. Um, and then in the description box, I had links to the stuff that I used, right? And I wish that I had thought to do this when I first put the video out. But just recently, like just a couple of months ago, I decided that I was going to make a page on my website that I could install Amazon One Link on. And what that is, is you've probably heard of the Amazon affiliate program, right? Mm -hmm. That you can send an Amazon link and if someone buys through it, they can buy anything from clicking on your link. It doesn't have to be the thing you link to. They get like a cookie, basically. Then you get a small portion of whatever they bought. And it doesn't cost the person any extra, of course. But 
it goes per store. So previously you had to have like a UK Amazon affiliates account, a US Amazon affiliates account, a Canada, whatever. And um, so if I was sharing a UK link and someone from the US was buying, I wasn't getting anything, anything from it because they were buying it on their own store, you know, not the UK one. I see. But Amazon One Link is this little script that you can put on a website that will basically, when you link to the product, it'll open in whatever the regional store is for that person. So you can earn the affiliate income for that region, uh, basically. Gotcha. So I made a page on my website with all of my screen printing tools, as well as some other resources that I linked to in the description from the video. And I also put in my email list that I get sent out with my screen printing opt-in. Um, and I've earned several hundred dollars just from these Amazon links now, which is very exciting. And also I'm kicking myself for not doing it sooner because <laughs> I did this after the video already had a million views and I already had like 15,000 people download the PDF, right? Wow. Yeah. So how much more could it have been if I'd been a bit more organized? But you learn, you learn, you know. You learn, yep, exactly. But I do think, yeah, making a good video that teaches people something and then linking to all of the resources that they need to do that thing is another good way to get affiliate income mm -hmm. and maybe even to build an audience too. Like I said, a lot of people have found me through that screen printing video. Mm -hmm. What are some other, do you think, opportunities for side income? Like we've talked a bit about affiliate. Um, I have some friends who on the side, you know, they, they're illustrators. So maybe they make some art and they have an online store and they kind of run that on the side. Is there anything else you've done or tried that's been successful or not maybe? I would say... Most of the things that I've done on the side have been very time for money exchange type things like video sponsorship, speaking at conferences, writing blog posts, that sort of thing, like you were talking about, freelance work. Mm -hmm. Physical products, unless you have some sort of drop shipping service, I would say they are very active income. <laughs> yeah. And you probably know this from when you did your t-shirts, right? Yep. From when I did my t-shirts, when we did our stickers. Yeah. Very label, label, labor intensive, labor, but also yeah. label intensive. You guys took all the labels <laughs> on those packages. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot to be managing a physical store and sending out products. So if you have some sort of system or service where you design it once and then whenever people order, it gets sent out for you, like Cotton Bureau for shirts, yeah. for example. We've both had shirts on there where we just had yeah. to design it and then they handle all of it. Society 6 yeah. is another one. Yep. You obviously get much less of a cut when you have other people doing it. But, I mean, how much is your time worth? You know, maybe mm -hmm. you want that passive income. You just want to do it once and get it out the way. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about getting into digital products for this reason because I like the idea that I could create a thing that's going to be useful, it's going to be good, and I can put it up for sale and maybe there'll be some sort of, I don't know, support emails and things, questions that people have about it. But aside from that, I, I would think of it as pretty passive once it's up there and going, you know, because people can pay for it and download it automatically. It's a digital product. There's no shipping. There's no like um, vendor that you have to pay to handle the shipping and the printing or whatever for you. So that's something that I really want to get into in the future. Yeah, way less logistical overhead. Oh, way less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I'm definitely more that route as well where, I mean, I've had a few ideas in my head for a while. Like eventually I would love to do some kind of online course or something like that, uh, which I think would be a, you know, really nice thing to have on the side, uh, not just for like the the experience and the clout, but also, you know, to, to earn a bit of side income would be really nice. Um, but I think, you know, wh whatever you decide to do, however you decide to make this side income, I think what you mentioned earlier, Charlie, about having an audience is relevant for 
whichever method you choose yeah, right I do if you don't have anyone to promote this to to sell this to uh, to generate buzz or interest to nobody's gonna buy it and so I think the the place that you really have to start is in building that audience and in building your own reputation as well so that people see you as an authority they trust what you say they believe in you they you know see you as a teacher uh, that is super super important I think yeah, agreed completely. And I think the great thing about us as designers is that we can build an audience by sharing our work and by sharing our knowledge and by, you know, talking about what we're working on. Um, all those sorts of things are super interesting and useful for people and it can be a great way to build an audience. So you don't have to like uh, be a hashtag influencer mm-hmm. in order to build an audience is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You don't. And I, I think that there are ways to earn side income without an audience. I'm thinking of Creative Market, which is a site where you can upload, like, I don't know, you can buy textures and fonts and vectors, all of the digital assets for creating things. Like an online marketplace where you just sort of list your, your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like Etsy, but for digital products. <laughs> Is it could be a way to describe it. I remember, um, I'm pretty sure it was Brent Galloway, who we talk about a lot because, again, we really like and admire him, um, was saying that he will often take something that he's made and put it up on Creative Market, like made for his own project, a texture pack or something like that, uh, and put it up on Creative Market. I know he's had great success with t-shirt mock-ups. So he needs them for his own work. He designs band tees, he designs merch. Uh, so he needed good mock-ups, right, to present his designs on. And he thought, well, why not, like, take a bit of extra time, do this really well, have the proper, like, studio lighting and stuff, cut all the mock-ups out, um, make it easy to change colors, that sort of thing, and sell it as a, a mock-up pack for people. And I think he sells on Creative Market. So, yes, he can sell to his audience, but also anyone searching Creative Market for T-shirt mock-ups will find it. And because he's presented it so well, will likely buy it, you know. Totally. And I think that's also a a good example of like, you don't have to come up with something new, like maybe have a look at what is in your current process or what you currently do. You know, like Brent was like, well, I'm already taking these photographs. So why don't I just, you know, maybe bump up the professionalism a little bit and then I'll have something that I can, you know, use to sell and make extra money from. I think that's a good place to start too, is like sort of an audit of like, okay, well, what do I already have available? What am I already doing? And, you know, is there sort of a small win somewhere where I could maybe take take this bit and take it to the next level and then, you know, repurpose and reuse that in another way? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I just had a thought as well of another way that I've earned passive income this year and it's only been this year. So that's why it's, it didn't come to my mind at first. It's not been in my previous year's income report. And that is through licensing, which sounds a lot fancier than it really has been for me. Super fancy. (laughs) Tell us more. So for me, this has meant that random company sees one of my videos is like, Hey, can we use this piece of footage? We want this clip from X second to X second and we will pay you this amount of money. And I'm like, cool, sure, here's the footage, like, here's here's how you pay me. Uh, And I've earned money that way. Yeah, there's been some cases where I've argued it and like tried to increase the rates, but for the most part, it's pretty passive because the video is already up there. And in some cases, it's been a video that's been up for years and they're interested in using it. What are the kind of use cases that they want to use that for? Yeah, good question. So uh, I can think of 
hmm, a couple of scenarios. I'll, I'll pull out two because those are the ones that have actually happened and I know are live. That is one video about that I made about moving to London where I was talking about uh, flat hunting and how expensive it is here and like giving some tips for moving to London. They basically wanted to include it in a video uh, for people, I think moving for work or something like that. And yeah, sharing my tips into splicing them with their own essentially. Wow, interesting. So yeah, it can appear in the video like I was hired to be a part of that video because it fit in so seamlessly, which is why you deserve to be paid for licensing because I'm not only um, offering up my content like something I've created, but also like my likeness and my my thoughts, my words, that sort of thing. Uh, and then another example was Visit California. So it's a company that like is California tourism, basically. I had a vlog from a trip to Joshua Tree that I went on last year. And this year they contacted me and were like, hey, can we use this road trip footage? And I was like, great, yep, this much money, um, let's do it. So that was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of unexpected, um, but super cool. I think that companies are doing it more and more these days because it's a very cheap way for them to get footage, to be honest. Like, I can't remember exactly how much they pay me. It was maybe like $400, something like that, to use some footage. Maybe I could have charged more. I don't know because I don't know much about videography. But, um, you know, it was complete passive income for me, apart from the time it took to send an email and to send the footage to them you know, very high return on that investment of my time because the video is already out there and served its purpose. Totally. And how nice that they actually reached out to you and offered to pay you because, you know, there's so many people out there stealing stuff. Uh, Super, super sad. Yes, I I think that maybe there's been an increase in companies asking for licensing lately because YouTube is getting better at content recognition. Right. So it can like match footage between videos and that sort of thing and know when something has been used elsewhere. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Okay. So maybe that's why companies are reaching out because they can't get away with stealing any longer. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a good thing. (laughs) Yes, that is a good thing for sure. (laughs) Is there any, um, other than the course, any other side income pieces you've been thinking of? Because I do think a course would be a pretty active income. Um, Just from what I have heard from other course providers, the amount of support questions essentially that you have to answer. Yeah. And also making the course, I think would honestly probably take me a year. Like if I wanted to really do it well and like, you know, get other people in the industry to help me promote it and do the affiliate thing with them, all of that kind of stuff, marketing it. While having a full-time job? Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's probably going to take about a year. I mean, the other opportunity I feel like I have is with the videos I'm doing on my YouTube. Now, I'm still super small. I think I'm at like 2,000 subscribers. So, you know, not overly huge, but of course I'm anticipating that to grow in some form. Uh, And I'm still, you know, very new to this format. So I don't know or I haven't quite figured out yet how I I might make money from it and maybe it's too soon you know maybe I need to wait a bit longer and and I'm fine with that Um, but I think at some point it would be nice to figure out a way for me to turn that into a bit of side income yes for sure because you're building the audience right so totally you could start working on your affiliate stuff your email list and all of that yeah for sure well I don't know have you got anything else you want to add on this topic Fem? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think, yeah, just what I said before maybe is to, you know, just have a look around you and see what existing opportunities you have. You know, you don't need to go and reinvent the wheel or 
challenge yourself too much like I, I'm thinking of the example Charlie and I hope it's okay for me to bring this up is uh when you wanted to create your font yeah um, <laughs> I still want to create my font okay. it's just been over a year and a half <laughs> right and like maybe in hindsight like that was a bit too ambitious for you I mean I I, I totally you know respect you having having that goal and I think it would be awesome if you did it but you know for those out there like if you've never had any sort of side income you know maybe starting with something too big is is going to be very challenging so maybe start a bit smaller or something that's a bit more achievable that you can kind of test the waters with and see how it goes and learn from that so that next time maybe you can take it to the next level yeah and I would say to try as much as you can to not get swept up in the making money of it as well and I know that I mean it's all fine and good for me to say this I'm sitting here with a very good well-paying job and like you know my bills are covered so completely respect if you're not in that situation but just think of think of your own reputation and um, what you really want to have your name aligned to. A lot of people these days are getting into MLMs as in a form of of passive income. Uh, have you heard of them, Fem? Multi level marketing schemes. No, okay, it's basically I was like, a pyramid scheme. Yeah. I was like, is this going to be one of the things that like all the teens are talking about that I'm too old to know? But okay. <laughs> no, it's more like all of the like uh, stay at home mums are getting into it as a way to earn income from home, which Again, oh. I really respect the desire to do that. But I mean, yeah, it, being in a pyramid scheme, not great. Trying to having to sell stuff to your friends and family and then make them sell stuff to their friends and family. Like, I don't know, just doesn't seem like a good way to earn income for me. And I wouldn't recommend it. Just make sure that whatever you're doing is something that you are proud of and that you would want your name attached to, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, agreed. And also realize that most income is probably not going to be as passive as you think. <laughs> yep, definitely. A lot yep. of work. A lot of work. All right. Well, Fem, where can people go to find more episodes that are not usually about passive income, but, you know, other design and creativity topics? Uh, you can go to designlife.fm. That is our website. Or you can search Design Life in your favorite podcasting app. Also, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, episode 162, you should definitely go and listen to it. We sat down with Helen Tran, who is an awesome CEO, co-founder, designer living in Toronto, and she just had so much wisdom to share in that episode i definitely recommend going back to listen yes definitely that's probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever done helen was just so amazingly open and honest and sharing so much with us and just super grateful for that so if you haven't listened to it yet you absolutely need to go and do that all right this was a good chat yeah see you next time bye bye